Our passage tonight is a familiar one because I read it almost every service and I realize I should start doing the same thing on Sunday nights too at the end. But Numbers 6, 24 through 27. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. Recently, I saw a quote online that said something like, God does not want us to be happy. He wants us to be holy. Now, I know it's true that God wants us to be holy, but holiness should not be pitted against happiness as if one was good and the other was bad. Because every time we read the word blessed in scripture, it's talking about happiness. And God wants us to be happy. He wants us to be blessed. I'd say at least as much as he wants us to be holy. And so tonight as we consider this passage, you know, in, in, our, in our denomination, when, when we read this passage at the end of the service, it's part of what we are required to do as pastors, to bless the people. And when we read scripture, I believe scripture is in agreement with that, that it's part of our duty to bless one another. And so from this passage, and this is point number one, along with others, we see God's great desire to bless us. If you look through the Bible from Genesis 1, the very first chapter of the Bible, to Genesis 22, the very last chapter of the Bible, you find the word bless, and God's, you see God's desire to bless us. In Genesis 1, 22, it says, And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the sea, and let the birds be mul- and multiply on the earth. The same is, is later in Genesis 1, 28, when it speaks that way to man. He's even blessing the animals. But he says, God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. The very last verse verse that mentions blessing is Revelation 22, 7. And Jesus is speaking in that verse. Uh, If you have a red letter Bible, it's red letters because Jesus is speaking. And he says, behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of this prophecy, meaning the book of Revelation, of this book. And so from the very beginning... We read of God's desire to bless us to the very end of Genesis, uh, Revelation, we read that. And actually, all in between. It's something that's constantly mentioned in the scripture. Near the end of the book of Genesis, you could say, Jacob, who is then called Israel, uh, is blessing his sons. And that takes a good portion of the 49th chapter In in verse 28, it says, all of these are the 12 tribes of Israel, and this is what their father spoke to them, and he blessed them. He blessed each one of them according to his own blessing. And that's just one part of that chapter that mentions blessing after blessing after blessing that Jacob put upon his sons. Of course, Genesis is also famous for Abraham's blessing, 
which ultimately comes to us through Christ. It comes to all the world because he says, I will bless those who bless you and curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. All the families of the earth, meaning not necessarily every individual person, but every family will be blessed in some way by God and through Christ. And it shows that God wants to spread his blessings. He's, that's what he does. He blesses. Also, when you think about blessings in Genesis, Jacob stealing the blessing from his brother Esau, even lying and disguising himself according to his mother's orders, shown, shows us how important blessing was to Jacob. Uh, Jacob said to his father, that's Isaac. He says, I am Esau, your firstborn. He disguised himself to get a blessing. He lied to get a blessing. Now, I'm not saying it's right to do that, but he was desperate for the blessing. He says, just as you've told me, please arise and sit and eat my game that your soul may bless me. He wanted that blessing. And when we look at scripture, blessings were not like we typically think of them today. A blessing was something almost substantive. Uh, we think of money as a blessing. If somebody had $10,000 and they said, here, I'm giving you $10,000, we consider that a blessing. Now, when I end the service and I say, uh, uh, God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you, do you think of that as like receiving $10,000? No, <laughs> you'd rather me give you the 10,000. But the thing is, in reality, as far as God's word says, that blessing is powerful. It's worthy of that kind of thought. I got this blessing. In Exodus also, uh, oh, actually, it's still in Genesis. One more from Genesis. Genesis 32, 25 through 29. Jacob after he cheated Esau of the blessing, had to run away from his family because he thought Esau was going to kill him. And many years later, Esau uh, is, has an army of 400 men. And Jacob has two wives and two concubines and many children and a large flock of sheep, uh, but he doesn't have an army. And he knows at this time that Esau is coming at him with 400 men and he's basically has a lot of children that he has with him. And so what would you do in that situation? Well, Jacob started praying and he didn't stop praying. And it says in Genesis 32, now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him and he said, let me go for the day breaks, meaning Jacob had been wrestling in prayer with God all night from, from the evening. He didn't sleep. He wrestled with God in prayer. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. That's how badly Jacob wanted the blessing. Not only did he steal from his brother, but he was going to wrestle God for it. And so he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, which meant, it meant like conniver or, or, or supplanter, which Jacob was, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. 
meaning Jacob, he became, uh, you know, this, from this crooked man who cheated to get things, now he becomes a godly man who uh, gains his blessings through prayer. And he gains that blessing, and he meets with Esau, and Esau doesn't kill him. And they act kind of like brothers after that. Uh, so we see that blessing there as well. In Exodus, among many other blessings, we read in the Ten Commandments that the Lord blessed the Sabbath day. That's Sunday, uh, I mean Saturday for them. For us, it's Sunday because of the Lord's day. But he says, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and then all that is in them and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Uh, Exodus 20, verse 11. Notice he blessed it, which means he made it a happy day, you could say. And he hallowed it, meaning he made it a holy day. And so there you see holiness and happiness corresponding, not fighting against each other. Oh, let's have a holy day. That means on Sunday, we need to be really sad because we can't be holy and happy at the same time. No, it's saying he blessed it, meaning this is a happy day. When we get together, we should rejoice in the Lord. And it's a holy day too. Rejoicing in the Lord and, and in his blessings is not a sad thing. In Leviticus, we find Moses and Aaron Blessing God's people after offering a sacrifice for the people's sin. Notice what I'm doing. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. I'm not going to go through the whole Bible. But those, those are three books of Moses. And um, Numbers is next. That's where our texts come from. But here is Aaron. It says, then Aaron. This is uh, Leviticus 9, 22 and 20 through 24. Then Aaron lifted his hands toward the people, blessed them, and came down from the offering, the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the peace offering. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the meeting and came out and blessed the people. So what did they do after sacrificing? Aaron comes out and blesses the people. Then Moses and Aaron together come out and bless the people. After Christ, Christ died for our sins, that's what all those offerings were pointing forward to. And we are certainly blessed when we understand that our sins can be forgiven because of what Christ did. And we see that in Leviticus 9. The, the offerings brought blessings, and Aaron and Moses brought blessings. Of course, the passage we're considering today is how God instructed Moses and Aaron to bless the people. Here's what he said to them. This is, it says in verse 22, which I didn't read at the start, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. And so we see Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers all talking about blessing. And here is our text with instruction. But just so we cover all the books of Moses, Deuteronomy also has uh, words about blessings in it, blessings and curses. Deuteronomy 28 is just one example of this. The whole book is filled with words on blessing. 
It says in this chapter, now it'll come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord God will set you on high above the nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Can you imagine this? This is You're being like attacked by these blessings. They're going to come on you and they're going to overtake you. Uh, it means you're going to be overtaken by happiness. Like you can't get away from it. I want to be sad, but no, they're coming after me. That's what he's saying. If you keep his word, then it says, blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country. So it won't matter if you're in a city dweller or you're a farmer. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, meaning your children. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl, meaning uh, the things you gather, I guess, with the basket. Your kneading bowl, the things you would bake. Uh, blessed are you when you go out. Uh, blessed are you when you come in. Blessed are you when you go out. So whether you're inside or you go out somewhere, you're going to be blessed. I'm, I'm kind of skipping here. The Lord will command blessing on you in your storehouses, meaning your business. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And so all these blessings God is promising. Does God want to bless us? Obviously. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, uh, Deuteronomy. The book of Psalms starts, the very first verse starts with the word, the first word in the first book, book of Psalms, first chapter. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of uh, sinners, uh, or sits in the seat of the scornful. It starts with that word blessed. Also in the Psalms, many mentions of blessing. One I'll mention here, Psalm 32, 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Again, that's ultimately what Christ does for us. Just skipping, because I can't do all of the Bible with this. It would take too long. But up to Jesus and his ministry. And how did he start his ministry? Well, part of that was with the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount starts with the Beatitudes. And the word Beatitude means blessing. And he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are, they who are, blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. He's starting his ministry with blessing upon blessing upon blessing that he gives to us who are his people. And then the book of Revelation, I mentioned that before because at the very end of the book of Revelation, Jesus is talking about the blessing that he's going to bring when he comes. And then we also read at the very beginning of the book of Revelation, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. So the beginning of Genesis and the end of Genesis and all through the middle is blessing. And when you go to the very end of the Bible, it's not changed. Uh, the beginning of Revelation is blessing. The end of Revelation is blessing. And actually all between Genesis and Revelation is blessing. I just won't go through all of it. I just want to be sure that you all understand God definitely desires to bless us. He wants to make us happy, and he can do that. Secondly, not only does God desire to bless us, he's the only one who can really do that.
God is our source of true and eternal blessings. It says in this passage that as our text, number 6, 24 through 27, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. So that shall they put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. Is there any happiness outside of the Lord? Is there happiness or joy or blessing outside of Jesus? Obviously, uh, worldly people have a sort of happiness, but it's not a true and eternal happiness. Whatever they might have here, it's a short-lived happiness. Eventually, they die and they go to hell, and they will burn and they will not be happy. It's the Lord who blesses, whose face shining counts forever. Notice the word forever is in this passage. Uh, we will have that blessing forever. Uh, as we need his grace, he alone gives us true peace. Notice here it says, the Lord uh, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Graciousness means we are sinners. We, we need that grace. Uh, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Lord's blessing is his favor. His keeping us, the Lord bless you and keep you, is his provision and his protection. You know, he provides for our needs. He gives us our daily bread. Uh, he protects us. Uh, like, like I've heard so many times, somebody is driving and maybe they even have an accident uh, and yet... They are un untouched or un not scratched when they, they have this accident and they survive because God has protected them. His face shining communicates his favor in a glorious way. I remember when I was a child, five or six years old, I used to like to run. And I'd run in my backyard and I'd see my dad, and I'd say, Daddy, watch me run. And I wanted to see him smile or say, you run so fast, or something like that. And when we are doing what God wants us to, we look to him as, as Father, and we want to see his shining face. And here it says, the Lord make his face shine upon you. He gives us the smile, of the, he lifts up his countenance, as it says. As I said, gloriousness our graciousness is his forgiveness of our sins, and that's part of the blessing. And we read in Psalm 103, 12 through 14, as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgression from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. That's the kind of grace we have from God. He knows that we're not perfect. He knows that we are weak. He knows that we fall, and he forgives us. He takes our sins as far as the east is from the west. Amen. And that's pretty far. Because <laughs> you, you can keep going, going, and going either way. He gives us peace through his son's cross. Peace that is found nowhere else. Remember Romans 5.1, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The whole world wants peace. The pretty girl who's competing for the beauty pageant, and they ask her a question, what do you want to accomplish? I want world peace. 
well, can she have that without Jesus? No, Scripture tells us there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. Uh, again, that's Isaiah 48, 22. Uh, Isaiah 57, 20, 21 says, there is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. There's no peace for the wicked. For those who are unconverted, the wicked doesn't mean just Hitler. It's anybody who doesn't know Christ. They are all wicked, even if they seem better. There's no peace for them. They seek it, they desire it, they don't have it. Uh, we who are Christ's, we have an absolute monopoly on peace. And that's part of what God blesses us with. He blesses us with peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's part of what is spoken of when I say that blessing in Numbers 6, 24 through 27. Peace is one of those blessings that we have. You know, it says, I, I, I remember... When, when the Gospels uh, mentioned peace as a blessing, uh, they, they would say, peace be unto you. That's what they would say. And when they said that, they really believed that they were giving each other peace. It was a greeting, but it was also a real desire that that other person would have that peace. Blessing is what we're called to do, even with our enemies. Matthew 5.43 through 45, Jesus is speaking. Again, it's the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you. And so he says, we should bless those who curse us. That doesn't mean we give them whatever they want or that we agree with everything they say, because that wouldn't be a blessing because sin is a curse. And if they're continuing in sin, the blessing we give them is to call them away from that sin. But Christ blessed us with every spiritual blessing, as it says in Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And so we have that from Christ. Every spiritual blessing. And he calls us to bless those people around us. Even when we're not pastors, uh, we are to be blessings to our families to our friends, even to our enemies, it says. God blesses us by turning us away from sin. Acts 3.26 says, To you first, God having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. And so Jesus, the way he blesses us is by turning us away from our iniquities, turning us back towards God. We are not loving or blessing a person if, if we let them continue in sin. Deuteronomy eleven twenty six to 28 says, Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse, the blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and a curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside the way from which I command you today to go after other gods which you have not known. And so here's the blessing and the curse. And it's the duty of myself as a minister or any minister uh, to say, if you go this way, you're going the way of blessing. But if you go towards sin, you're going to the way of God's curse. And part of the way we bless is by directing people in the right way, ultimately to Christ. God wants us third, third to seek his blessing. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Note how God connects his name 
with their blessing and happiness. They shall put my name on the children of Israel. They will be known as God's people. And we as Christians are known or should be known as God's people. We have his name on us. We call ourselves Christians after Christ because that's what, it's actually his title, but it's partly his name too. Our greatest happiness, blessing, is found in our relationship with God. Jeremiah 29, 11-13 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you future and a hope. Then you will call on me and, and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You want blessings, you search for God, you seek him with all your heart. What is the chief end of man? Uh, man's chief end is to glorify God. And then the second part we don't always think about, and to enjoy him forever. He is our blessing, and we get to enjoy God, a relationship with him forever. We get to enjoy being blessed by him as he wants to bless us. Psalm 1611 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's what we have when we go to God, when we go to Christ. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. In his presence is fullness of joy. Better than anything else that we could have is to be in God's presence. And we can be in God's presence even here when we're on earth. When we come to him in prayer, when we read scripture, when, when we participate in a worship service, we are coming into the presence of God. Our best blessing, our spiritual blessings, our eternal things, God directs us to seek these first, uh, yet we have the right, right now blessings as well. Uh, you know, blessed are these spiritual blessings that, that we have in Jesus Christ. And he gives us every one of those in the heavenly places. But he also says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so we have heaven as our future, and we're to seek that and seek heavenly things, and we're to seek them first even before our earthly things. But God says, if you seek those, you also, I will provide as a blessing your earthly things. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meaning we are meek towards the things of the earth. The things of this earth are not our main goal. Uh, they're the main goal of the ungodly. But we still inherit it. It's ours with God's blessing. They gain the earth by sin. They gain the earth by stealing. They gain the earth in the wrong way. When we gain the earth, we gain it with God's blessing. They are zealous, ferocious, diligent toward heavenly things. Matthew eleven twelve says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violent, violence, and the violent take it by force. We who are godly are violent about heavenly things. That doesn't mean a violence like we're trying to hurt God because we can't hurt him. But our, our zeal, our energy, our strength is for heavenly things. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He doesn't say he's 
a rewarder of those who half-heartedly seek him. You know, the church at Laodicea, they were neither cold nor hot. What were they? They were in the middle. They were lukewarm. Did Jesus say, oh, I love it that you're lukewarm? No. no. He said, I would that you were cold or hot. And I believe really he wants them to be hot on fire Christians that love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and mind. He doesn't want us to be lukewarm. That's why it says in Scripture also, Jeremiah, you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Uh, Hebrews eleven six. Uh, but without faith is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Uh, this morning I read from Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates therein day and night. That's the person who's like the tree planted by the rivers of water, uh, who meditates day and night. At nighttime, when you wake up in the middle of the night, are you meditating on God's word? Are you praying to him? Are you, are you, have, do you have a Bible next to your bed that, hey, I can't sleep. Let's look and, and read some scripture. Uh, that's the person God blesses. Those, he says, have a leaf that doesn't wither and whatever they do prospers. When you think of a tree, what do you think of? Stability, an ability to stand through storms. Life, tree is a living thing. It brings forth fruit. It's different than what's mentioned next. He says, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind drives away. Chaff is dry and lifeless. And it's not stable at all. The wind blows it away. And the winds of people's sin blows them away. Do, are they happy? No. Um, C.H. Virgin, I think he, he said about the root of the ungodly, the path of the ungodly. It's like a, like a ship in the sea. Uh, the ship in the sea, it makes a beautiful mark, doesn't it? You see the wave coming up behind that ship? But it comes up, and the ship passes, and the sea is just like it was before. And that's what the path of the ungodly is like. It's temporary. The happiness, whatever they have, it sprinkles up for a while, but then it's gone. But the path of a godly is, is like the path of a farmer. And he's making his rows, and it brings up fruit. And there's things there that are real and living and powerful from it. It does accomplish this thing. And our joy is that way too. When we have Christ, when we have God, when we are blessed, which scripture talks about all through, we will be truly and eternally happy. We won't have that short-lived happiness, that pleasure that is just for a moment, that may look like something, but it's gone as soon as it starts. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us for your love and your kindness. We thank you for your multitudes of blessings. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.